And this episode of the Disney Dads Podcast is brought to you by Away With Me Travel, the official travel agency of the Disney Dads Podcast and our YDF Media. There's nothing better than traveling to Walt Disney World over the holidays. Right now, we have an amazing offer going on for our Disney Dads family. Tell me a little bit about it, Jamie. I'm so excited to be able to bring this incredible offer to our family, and that is if you book a vacation package now through the end of December 2019, we are giving a complimentary party ticket to either Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party or Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. So contact us for details, and we can get you that incredible offer. Contact us at show at awaitwithmetravel.com, and we can't wait to get you to these amazing parties today. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. To infinity and beyond. There's a touch of madness around here. Hello and welcome to the Disney Dads Podcast. My name is Jason. Those two ghoulish fiends across from me, uh, they're really not ghoulish. They're actually quite beautiful people. My brothers in, um, my, my, my brothers in, I don't even know, what are you guys? Are you, are you, my brothers in, um, yeah, I'm stuttering here because I'm really excited about this show, guys, and I'm um, talking about a bunch of stuff tonight. But before we get going with that, like always, I gotta know how you guys are doing. Mike, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, much better than last week. You know, uh, last week we recorded on a Wednesday because we all had some crazy schedules going around. And right when we started recording, you know, Laura says to me, yeah, you know, my stomach's really bothering me. Something doesn't feel right. And I said, ah, you know, walk it off. You know, tough it out, you know. I, she gives, I give her about as much sympathy as she gives me when I'm sick, you know. So next morning I go to work. Everything's going along. She calls me up. She says, you know, you know that's that pain that I had in my stomach? Yeah, I decided that after I started throwing up and caught a fever, I might want to go to the doctor. Doctor sent me right to the hospital, did a sonogram, and I'm going to emergency surgery in about an hour because of my appendix. So uh, luckily, you know, as you guys know, some of you that are friends with her on Facebook uh, saw she's in the hospital. She came home. Everything went great. Easy, easy peasy, uh, you know, surgery. She's home resting now, and she's got a bell, and she summons me to uh, help her out with everything she needs around the house. I think she's taking advantage of it a little bit, but, you know, it's worth it. She's, uh, she's feeling much better. That recovery time, I think, is what, six years? Something like that? Uh, yep, yeah, that's what it seems like. <laughs> it's only been a week, but it seems like forever. <laughs> Man, you scared me. I called you that day, and you said, uh, oh, Lara's on her way to the hospital. I'm like, what? What's happening here? Um, so, but I'm glad she, everything turned out well and, you know, they took care of business and, and all that. So that was happy news. Jason, I know you've been just absolutely, you've got so much going on right now that it's, uh, it's insane. So I was really glad we were able to get on here tonight because you're leaving on trip tomorrow, right? Yeah, we're going to go visit the Pennsylvania family. Uh, we miss them dearly. I miss them. Uh, it's our, it's time for our trip, uh, to go hang out with Mama and Papa and, uh, 
and all the fun stuff that happens with that. So hopefully it'll be a low key week. And um, I'm I'm really, you know, guys, do you ever get into that where like it's it's great going on our Disney trips or you you know you plan those big Hawaii trips and stuff, but you know those vacations where you can just chill out. You know what I mean? You can just chill out and. Oh man, just just take in the family and just some cards and just just you know just take the love in. So yeah, I'm ready to punch out tomorrow, and uh, I'm I'm not going to be here next week, guys. We all want to know because it was a big topic of last week. How was K and J Day? Oh, K and J Day was good, man. <laughs> I love the music. I love it. Uh, that annoys Katie so much. We ran into some uh, rally soccer coach, and at the at the comedy show he went to and i told him i was like man let me buy you a drink or whatever he's like oh and he's like we've been doing i told him he's like oh day started like 10 a.m we went to a movie so we've really been having a great k and j day and he looked at me and he's and he pitched the dude uh pitched for the uh braves so i mean he's like you know he's a little older now he's not anymore but he looks at me and he's like what's k and j day you know like a really like mess i'm like (laughs) dude k and j day of fun you haven't heard of it he's like no i'm like katie and justin day of fun he was like ugh. (laughs) <laughs> Ugh, it was awful you know uh but we had fun man i uh you know it's always good when you get that day that you kind of disconnect from everything and that leads me to your trip jay because like you were saying those times whenever you go and it's not so much the the crazy wow i'm gonna ride this i'm gonna do this but i love your pictures whenever you go to pennsylvania of the family sitting down playing cards and it's not just you and rach and the grandparents it's the boys you start to have the boys in there yeah. too and oh, yeah. so 100%. yeah that's that's yeah. really cool man um and i'm gonna make some money while i'm down there yeah exactly because because i'm gonna be watching disney plus and be making a cool grand over the next 30 days you're not allowed to Why because that? i have to because my air conditioner went out and i need the thousand dollars <laughs> okay <laughs> if i get selected i'll tell you what if i get selected i will put it towards the thousand dollars of justin <laughs> like, fund i better not even say every that. word every <laughs> every word that uh, if you live in the South, you don't want to hear is your air conditioners broke. Luckily it broke at a time when the temperature just went down and it's actually pretty nice out, man. I lit the fire tonight because it was a uh, 66 degrees outside and we needed a fire to warm everything up. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was, uh, my week this week. So I'm excited about Disney plus, but now I might be even a little more excited because a company is coming in and they're offering one single person. This is like getting the golden ticket, the golden Wonka bar. Uh, one single person, $1,000, to watch 30 movies in 30 days at the launch of Disney+. Plus. Plus, you get a free one-year membership to Disney+. Plus. Uh, Jay, one, would you do it? And two, what movie would you say you has to be on there? The 30 movies you, you, know, you get to watch, but you say, if that movie's not on there, I'm not doing this. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I dude, that's, I mean, that's a pretty good commitment. 30, 30 movies in 30 days. I mean, I don't know. I've never watched 30 movies in 30 days. Is it, is it a possible, uh, yeah, I, I, it is absolutely. It would be a lot of fun. I don't really have a movie that's, um, that's like reaching out where I, it has to be on there. I mean, you've got your staples and, and those are a must, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, what a great marketing campaign this company did. Yeah, no doubt. Cause They've everyone's got talking about well it. over a thousand dollars worth of advertisement by putting this out there. So, uh, good on them for, uh, being smart about how they marketed this. Mike, could you do 30 days, 30 movies? 
Uh, Star Wars movies right off the bat. I mean, a new, a new Hope would have to be my one movie that would have to be on there. But I could see thirty days, thirty movies, thirty days. Absolutely, you know, a couple hours a day. Sure, why not? I pretty much do it now with TV shows. Right. I don't though. Oh, you don't? I don't. I don't know. Oh, I that's don't. my evening. It would be a transition for me. Yeah, it would be very. It would be hard for me. So. Very rarely do I sit down for more than 20 minutes and watch something. I've noticed the impact that streaming services have had on me over the past decade are I'm becoming more and more afraid of the outside world. <laughs> I just lock myself in my house and stream movies and shows and, you know, uh, talk through a microphone to uh, to all my buddies. So <laughs> it's <laughs> from the safety of my home. <laughs> Sometimes you're talking to the microphone. It's not even recorded. You're just talking. Just talking. You're talking to your other friends. And we just yeah. call them in our little tight circle. Yep. This is a secret. It's Justin's other friends. Yeah. yeah. And they're not they're not real people, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> they are not real people, though. They are his other friends. These are air quotes. Well, you know, speaking of not real people, the uh, we have been spending a lot of quality time with uh, people who were real people at one point. But now they have passed to the other side, and their ghoulish apparitions now haunt what we love and we cherish as the Haunted Mansion at Walt Disney World. The Disney Dads go in-depth with Stories with the Dads, the Haunted Mansion edition. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Haunted Mansion. I am your host, your ghost host. Kindly step all the way in, please, and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. Uh, and we're going to continue that tonight, guys. We, we finally last week boarded our doom buggies, and we set off into the mansion, and we went down the hallway, and we explored all of the photos and pictures and uh, stories of the people who are inside of those, the bus from the library. But now we're really getting to the heart of this attraction and to the stories that really, when people think of the Haunted Mansion, these are the people they think of. And we have gone through, we've talked to Madame Leota. Her seance has, has brought the spirits to where we can see them. And now we are entering into probably the most iconic scene of any Disney attraction around the world. And that would be the ballroom scene. It is absolutely the most iconic to me. I is there's so much going on here, uh, and I'll tell you this story a thousand times, guys. Is one of my most favorite memories is getting stuck with my son Parker right in the middle of the ballroom there for about thirty minutes, and we had an opportunity to just take it all in. We played, uh, we played games while we were sitting there. Um, it was really an incredible time. Um, is there is there any other i mean this is absolutely my favorite part of this whole attraction right here and it's because there's so much going on guys your first 10 times you're riding it you're going to see something new and maybe see something new after we talk about a couple new things i guarantee you we'll probably point something out that you didn't even know was there i gotta ask you jay being that you were stuck there for 30 minutes and you got to really take in and see a lot of the details and a lot of the moving parts do you still go through there and notice things you didn't recognize in that first 30 minutes <laughs> um, doing research for the show tonight, I, there was stuff that we went across that I had no idea. I, I there, so I'm I'm anxious to get back on the ride and, and take a look at stuff that you know I didn't know that was that I missed the first mm -hmm. time. Um, you know, Mike, it's funny you say that though. Let me let me reel that in a little bit because if, if we're going through that attraction, if I was to be completely honest, there's so much going on, but my mind picks the certain things 
that stick out every time. So I'm always looking at, you know, like the dueling portraits or uh, the chandelier or um, the table notably. But, you know, a lot of the little stuff going along, like I never notice grandma sitting in a rocking chair. You know, there's little stuff I don't notice that I, you know, I almost have to force myself. But my mind automatically goes to these key, key points. And and I'm going to train myself to uh, look at the other stuff. If that answers your question. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, you know, you you mentioned the old lady, and uh, it's really the first thing you notice when you come through, because for me, the old lady is one of the creepiest parts of the ballroom, because I think when we think of a haunted house, we kind of think of the old lady and, and who she is, and if you don't know who we're talking about, she's she's to the right, she's uh, right there in the grand hall as you, as you come in, and she's sitting by the fireplace with a uh, afghan around her shoulders, and her chair is moving back and forth and back and forth. And um, she was actually a pretty interesting story. She plays a huge part in the opening of the Disneyland Haunted Mansion because back in uh, 1969, she did a radio ad as Granny Ghoul uh, promoting the opening of the Haunted Mansion. And she was inviting ghouls uh, to come be a part of the mansion and inviting guests to come see the mansion and do all that. So that was a huge, huge part of that. She she plays a larger role outside of just being that lady who sits down there in the rocking chair, your old Nana who's sitting there uh, that is enjoying her time watching the party uh, escalate around her. But it, look... She kind of sits off to the side, but there is so many, and Jay, you hit so many of them going on, uh, so much stuff going on around the around the ballroom. I don't even know where to start. Mike, where do you want to start with, buddy? Well, I'm going to start with my favorite one because it's one of my favorite stories that I've heard, uh, and you mentioned it before, and it was the dueling uh, portraits, the two guys with the guns that wind up shooting each other, and the story that I've heard before, and I don't know if there's a lot of stories that go around. I've actually... I've actually read a few stories, but the one that I particularly like the best and has really stuck out to me was, according to cast member Legend and Lore, the two duelists were two best friends. These guys were childhood buddies. They knew each other their entire lives. They were, you know, they grew up together. And their names were Antonin Lorelei and and Antonio Germain. And these two guys, like I said, they grew up, they were super, you know, really good friends. They were brothers, you know, they they, they were they were great. But what happens? Madame Leota comes around and she winds up seducing them. And because they were seduced, <laughs> they built up this huge anger for each other. And they were really their friendship was just completely torn apart. Well, anyway, that's where this rivalry began, and he decided to uh, vie for Madame Leota's love, and it wound up being that they were going to have a duel. Well, they had a duel, and they wound up winning the duel both. They shot each other. And in their dying breaths, they were so upset that they draw themselves to this that they were going to seek revenge on Madame Leota and come back as ghosts. And that's the story of the dueling that mad of Leota, man. I'm telling She's you, trouble. there is. She is. She is the worst of the worst, man. Is that? I mean, do you got a like? I almost got like a, a whole different feeling for her after doing this. Series. She's awful. Like, I just, she is horrible. <laughs> She's a horrible, horrible person. Um, Justin, did you hear any any different stories on the two? I hosts? did actually. So the one I the one I heard was I don't know who the second one is, but 
I'm assuming the first one is Mr. Sewell, Stu- uh, uh, and the reason I say that is because there's actually a plot in the Liberty Squ- in Liberty Square, um, in the Haunted Mansion family plot, and he has a tombstone, and it says um, uh, he was he's named on the tomb as as one of the duelists, and he died as one of the duelists. So I've always heard that that's who one of the duelists is. Who is the other one? I like Mike's story better because in my in my idea, Madame Leota has literally she has attributed probably out of 909 unhappy haunts. 700 of these like she has her hand in everything around this mansion well you got to remember though with with leota herself of course she you know she's going to have her hands on everything because remember i said she's the lifeblood right and we're going to see that going forward with this room where she's going to tie to a lot more than than people realize as we push through this okay um, me personally, uh, the the biggest story that I've heard are actually the two that you guys have spoken about. I haven't um, I haven't gone down as far as um, you know any other folklore that I've heard, unofficial folklore. Um, they are it's a great effect though, guys, and it's one of those that I immediately caught it as soon as I was on this ride for the first time. I was like, how neat of a, uh, an effect this is, and how slimy is that one guy to shoot the other guy in the back? You know, I mean, what a what a what a chump. I mean, so it's like right away I was like, you you have no honor, even though you're dressed like a gentleman, you you are one that has no honor. So, um, you know, I don't. My thing is, is you know, if you were to speculate on the two ghosts. As in, he's the one that, um, you know, like, I don't know. It, it's kind of like I, I feel bad for the guy who got nailed in the back first. You know what I mean? It was uh, He kind of was done wrong. So, um, you know, if I was to pick a favorite on a winning team, that would be that would be my favorite. So It's got to be Mr. Sewell then, you know? That's, yeah. that's, that's the, guy, the, guy who, uh, the guy who gets shot in the back. Um, the thing about this, too, does this catch your eye pretty abruptly. I think this is the first eye catch you get for me because it is at eye level where you're, when you're entering the ballroom, you know, it, although it's towards the end of the mm-hmm. room, I feel like I'm, I'm immediately glancing across the room cause I want to catch everything. Right. And for some reason, these two are the first thing I always get. See with me, it's, it's uh, the opposite as in I'm always, I'm scanning uh, left to right, excuse me, right to left as you're coming through. But then I kind of get over the ballroom dancers because it's it's pretty monotonous, gotcha. and then yeah, at, yeah. and then I kind of it just I, it's kind of a natural progression for me to look up then mm-hmm. and see that, and then follow down by the, the the piano, the organist with the banshees. Okay, perfect. That's, that is my that is my way. Um, how about you, Mike? Is that the direction you go? Uh, I no, I mean I yeah, kind of a left to right also. Uh, I I think more of Justin, where it's at my eye level, and that's what catches me first, and then I kind of look down to see what's below me. Uh, so I would say left to right, but more eye level. So it's kind of a mixture of both. But uh, but I, that's just one of those particular eye level things. Just the, I guess the nature of. I think a lot of times I'm always kind of sitting back in that ride too. Like I'm never really sitting forward. I'm kind of leaning back in the back of the dune buggy and just kind of enjoying it. Um, and usually uh, when we ride it, it's usually with me with one of the girls. You know, Laura will go with one girl. I don't think I've ever ridden that with Laura. I think we've all gone with the girls. You know, either I go with Sarah or I go with Sammy. Yeah. So I kind of yeah. like kind of lay back a little bit and just kind of chill with them. You know, my arm around them and you know enjoy yeah. the ride. Yep, absolutely. Uh, speaking of eye level, guys, let's move on to uh, how about the chandelier. And the chandelier couple, yeah, right fan- there at eye level. Fa- it's fantastic. I mean, for me, you know, whenever you look, there's three people on the chandelier, correct? Mm-hmm. And so the one you go to immediately for me is uh, is the couple. They're both sitting there, and it's a guy, and he is dressed as a uh, Roman soldier, and the other woman is a uh, dressed in an Egyptian, you know, uh, gown. Um, now the story behind these two is that this is actually 
uh, Queen Cleopatra and Mark Antony, you know, famous Roman senator. The thing about that I love about the Haunted Mansion, something I've learned through doing this series, is there's a huge tie to Roman, uh, um, um, some Roman culture and Roman that that Roman time in this in this series and in the scene, uh, and I love that. But the fact that they're sitting there, they are joined by a very fun fellow that to the uh, their immediate left is a buddy that's sitting there and he's swinging happily from the chandelier. Do you guys happen to know who this guy is? He would be my spirit animal. <laughs> the, the, the Pickwick ghost uh, hanging by a cane, kind of portly fellow with a glass of wine. He doesn't give to anything about nothing. He is, uh, look, he's my people. This is the guy you want at the party as long as it's not at your house. You know, I mean, what he's hanging, hanging from with, uh, hanging from an umbrella off a chandelier with wine in one hand. I mean, come on, man. This this is a guy is the life of the party. He's the clown of the house, and um, he is <laughs> does not get enough credit for being in the haunted mansion. I love this guy. And my thing is, like, if no one knows who this is, um, the story and the legend to him is that his name is Erasmus Cromwell Pick uh, um, Pickwick. And he was actually a burglar, and he knew that the Gracies were throwing this huge party uh, at the mansion one night. So he sneaks, he tunnels into the mansion, he comes in, and he actually dies in the stretching room where he freaks out because he thinks that it's getting uh, getting too too long, too big, and he's afraid of heights. Um, so he uh, dies there, and in his death, though, he kind of takes on his fear of heights, and he says, you know what, I can do anything in death. And so now I'm going to swing from chandeliers and I'm going to have a, a great time. And that's who this person is, uh, Erasmus Cromwell Pitwick. Yeah, there, there's also uh, with the, the good natured kind of, um, you know, I, 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 how do I say this nicely? Like the bumbling idiot, you know what I yeah, mean? Who yeah. can never, he can't, he can't, you know, he can't really, but he's, but he's the fun guy. You know, he's the fun, um, you know, bumbling, can't put sentences together correctly. I mean, well, wait a minute. I think about myself here but anyways the um he, he's he's one of those guys he's a level he's actually you know well, i guess my point is guys is he's a lovable ghost you know what i mean he's just a lovable fun ghost you know what's he interesting too line. you know what's interesting too about him is that he shares a chandelier with two people who literally changed history and their names are you know everyone knows if you ever studied history and yet here he is he's the exact opposite if you were to mirror the the uh chandelier on one side, you have people who have everything together, have changed the world, and on the other side, you have this, like you said, a bumbling guy. He's a guy who steals. He's a guy who, you know, lives underground. Really, they call him a mole burglar, and uh, that's kind of what you see in him is just this portly fellow who Mike said, you know, that's his spirit animal, <laughs> <laughs> enjoying a glass and uh, swinging away. So I have I have a theory on those two guys up there, and um, and the theory is um, is comes together with the guy underneath who would be the Julius Caesar lookalike or the Julius Caesar mm-hmm. of the house, okay? Yeah. Now, you got the old guy sitting down, admiring the table, admiring his guests, and he's wearing a toga, right? So he's got that, he's that Julius Caesar of the house. Now, this is this is where I'm going to really speculate here. Remember, remember a while ago, we were talking about Madame Leota and her ties to the witch trials, right? Mm-hmm. So, um... I'm actually, guys, I'm actually going to back that up a lot more, and I'm going to put her back where 
she's kind of an immortal person here, and she actually has ties with Julius Caesar. And when, because this house, there's something about this house, the sacred land it's built on, the magic that Madame Leota has, um, I think Julius Caesar was one of her old flings, and she was able to bring him back. And as a result of him coming back with her, he took his right-hand man, Mark Anthony, and then he went ahead and took Cleopatra with him as well. And that's how those three people ended up at the Haunted Mansion. Oh, I like that. So that would be my take on why do we have Romans here? Well, Madame Leota is an immortal, and she goes back a lot farther than we're giving her credit for right now. The one thing I learned about this was that Julius Caesar's nickname was The Bald. I don't know if how I feel about that nickname, you know? And it wasn't because, like, Jay, look, you shave your head. You know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. the... You, this guy, he had thinning hair, and they called him Julius Caesar. The Dude, bald. have you seen Julius? <laughs> that looks nothing like Julius Caesar. Did you see the uh, the um, the actual artist's um, interpretations of him that they did with skull and right, skins right, right. and stuff like that? Dude, he has a big old basketball head with a little old face. I mean, the the, the guy is he is he's the bald. He is the bald. So uh, I'm telling you, it, it actually, it might even be the ball because his head looks like a big old basketball. But <laughs> anyways. And what I want people to do whenever you come in and you see him sitting there at the end of the table is uh, I want you to scream, Great Caesar's Ghost! Because that's where this comes from, is uh, is that term, is Great Caesar's Ghost. So it's uh, now we get to see Julius Caesar sitting there at the end of the table. And he's uh, enjoying himself, too. Yeah, man, having fun. He got big old nose on him. He's, he's, um, yeah, he, he does. He's, uh, he's quite the guy. Mike, so. you know, he's the thing about him is he's not, uh, by himself. At the end of the table on the other end, there's a lady. And this lady, she is, talk about the life of the party. She is thoroughly enjoying herself because it seems to be her birthday. Do you know anything about this, uh, this birthday girl? So, yeah, we have the birthday girl and it's Tangerine. And Tangerine is the the ghost who is going to die in 13 years. So she's celebrating her birthday, and she's happy, and she's she's celebrating in spite the fact that Madame Leota put a curse on her and was going to curse her to die in that 13th year. The the number 13 is uh, quite prevalent in going back to Julius Caesar and his ties to the 13th Legion that he created. And then you have um, the 13 candles on the birthday cake here. Um, can we just talk about how 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 eerie she looks when you look at her picture up close. Are you guys able to see this, where she's actually blowing she's, the candles up? She's blue. That creeps me out, dude. I mean, it, like, it, it creeps me out. Like, this is a picture that creeps me out. If that was lying next to me as a prank one day, I would freak <laughs> out. I mean, literally, I would just grab that beehive and just start whipping it around, instead, man. Instead it, of the horse head in the bed, we do that. Oh, instead. man. If it, could you imagine? <laughs> I would be done. That was it. I would be done. But, you know, Mike, going back to uh, what you said, Madam Leota. Man, what's her hang up? You know, why is she so angry? That's what we need. We need to have a show on the psychology of Madam Leota. And then we need to sit down with her and have a therapy session on what is your problem? Seriously. So you were saying about her story. I mean, we can put a name to the face of this girl, this girl who is blowing out the candles endlessly. Yeah, you're looking at um, her name's Victoria Abigail Buffont. And uh, they call her Tangerine because of her orange hair. And she's actually the great aunt of Master Gracie Jr., um, which is, uh, you know, Master Gracie and later the ghost host. And uh, one of the great things about her and the fact that I love about this woman 
is she does not care one bit that she's cursed. She's like, it's my birthday and I'm going to do what I want and everybody else is going to dance and sing and have a good time because we're here for me. All right, so we've got we've got a birthday girl that's that's blowing out her candles, and down the down on the other side of the room is a guy that's not playing Happy Birthday on the organ. He's playing the Grim Grinning Ghost. Guys, is this not an amazing effect? And and let's talk about him notably with with the with the piano. Guys, take a good look at the organ and the skulls with the wisp behind them. Those are called banshees, all right? And one of the rumors and one of the stories are is that he, uh, the the pianist, uh, the organist, was a um, was the narrator. He was just a um, oh, um, a narrator to to one of the stories. And these banshees that are floating out of the organ are actually. Um, ghosts of children, obnoxious children that the organist lured to their death. Um, kind of dark, kind of, kind of. well, that's very dark, um, but that is one uh, real dark twist about the Haunted Mansion stories with this guy. So now that we got the bad out of the way, let's go ahead and pick up the conversation and talk about some fun stuff that this guy is. Let me, and this just came to me, let me, let me absolutely bring this together with an iconic Disney movie, mm-hmm. a Halloween movie that, that plays into this time, where a great character sings a song, Come Little... Is that Freddy Krueger? No, <laughs> a Disney movie. <laughs> Hocus Pocus, man, where they lure yeah. children to their death. Mm-hmm. Um, by using songs, so it's kind of uh, kind of seen there. Um, yeah, that's it's it's definitely the dark side of the organist for sure. The thing story I heard was um, the guy's name was Her Victor Geist. He is a outgoing um, guy in the room. He just wants everything to to be uh, positive, and so he decides he wants to play and be the organist for this party. And um, he always comes off as a friendly spirit. So whenever you see him, he uh, he is. Um, a very, very nice guy. He was actually huge, huge friends with Sally Slater. And if you go back to the first episode we did, or the second episode we did with the stretching room, um, who was the tightrope walker. And so now you get this little hint of maybe there was something going on between the two. But uh, but yeah, ha- uh, her, Victor, he uh, he loved being a part of all these parties. He loved being in the social scene. And especially with the Gracies and the fact that they were the affluent family of this time, of this era. And uh, the fact that he could use his musical abilities to make his way through the mansion and to be at these. It was That was the, his pinnacle, his peak, and he was happy to do it. Okay, so um, here here's the the twist that I'm going to throw out there is he he does belong to the Gracie family. However, he is one of from the illegitimates. Um, comes into a little bit of money on himself. Tries to portray himself as a distinguished gentleman. When he comes into the family, he has been rejected time and time again by um, uh, by tr- you know trying to find a suitor for himself. Um, up to and including. Uh, Rejected by Madame Leota. So, so, so this guy has just had the worst luck with everything. Um, but since he has ties to the Gracie family, he passed away in the house. Um, the thing is, is because he was he loved these women so much that those banshees are actually them that aren't able to escape the house because he has a, a an emotional attachment to them. So since he is bound to the house as a Gracie ghost. Um, those those people that he loved that rejected him are now stuck listening to him and they're stuck swirling around him for eternity. The one thing I heard about the Banshees too is if you can hear their scream, 
then you are doomed to die in the near future. Yeah, yeah, you sure are. You dark. sure are. Ooh. It is very dark. It's very dark. So cover uh, your ears. We are ready to go to the attic, dude. Who wants we to take are. us? We are. We are. We are absolutely are. So now that we've gotten to know all of our ghosts that have been that have delighted us through the party we are going to head to the next section and we're going to meet someone who's a big part of this ride as well and that's the bride constance and uh you think madame leota's bad man she's a man eater also she's uh she had quite a few husbands she's got quite a few stories behind her and i'm looking forward to diving into some of her stories and a lot of the background about her and some of the details in the attic We've successfully transitioned because listen at least we thought we transitioned from the hallway scene where it's creepy it's dark it's you're getting these eerie sounds and these scary sights and then you come into the ball you know you go through madame leota's seance room and then you come in the ballroom scene and it's happy well now you're in this attic and is this not maybe one of the darkest places that we enter the entire attraction because we get to see our good friend constance hatchaway uh, the story of Constance is one of, um, doom for anyone who has loved her. And, uh, guys, I say we start with the second you enter the attic. I want to ask you both this. What is the, and I ask you the same thing with the ballroom. What is the first thing that grabs your eye as you enter the ball, the, uh, attic? The, the first portrait, the very first port, the black and white portrait, the moving portrait where it's him and Constance and then... You move three feet forward, and all of a sudden, it's just him and or just her and a body. Mm-hmm. That's the very first thing. That's the first thing that grabs me, and that's, they did a great job on placement with that. Do you all happen to know who the first husband was? I, I, I uh, Ambrose Harper. Ambrose Harper was the naive but good intentioned son of a prosperous farming family, and you'll see a trend when we start to talk about some of the other husbands as well. Yeah, that's one of the things. So you're thinking first marriage. They were married in 1869. And, uh, you know, she's a, she's a young, she's a beautiful lady, young, beautiful lady. And, um, you know, a happy, happy new marriage. And, uh, their marriage does not end as they, uh, as they would have hoped. That's for sure. She, um, she's definitely one that, uh, when you start talking, um, greed and corruption and sociopath, I mean, this is, this is the classic classic uh supervillain in any horror movie i mean she's just she's bad to the bone she's horrible and i mean i would say you know she's soulless and um (laughs) going forward man she just wants one thing and that's money but you know guys you know when i really started looking at this uh, how much money did she need i mean there was a lot of fortunes that she took um you know I, i i almost wish that there was more of a backstory on where you know where did this where did this turn happen in her life where she became 
um, so obsessed with now. See, now we're starting to. I mean, there, there can be so many dark tor- turns we can go down here. What made her turn into this person? Because it's more than just money and power. It is, it is this um, this fixation with um, a, a power beyond. Can yeah. we even say? No, 100%. can we say that's a word? Power yeah. beyond. Like it. Not only am I above you as a man. I mean, it's just what happened to you bef- that changed you to this. And then all of a sudden now it's like I'm going to marry. I'm going to take your money, and then um, I'm going to take your head. And 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 not only am I, you know, I could, I have the money now to to hire a hitman for you, but now I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the ultimate power trip and remove your life. Well, the interesting thing is, you know, whenever she looks at her husband, she finds them based on their wealth. Like she doesn't even look for a suitor based on, um, based on attraction or based on their their personal. Um, qualities and you know they're all that i mean you're talking about ambrose harper her first husband you know he like i say marries her in 1869 but she knows well before the fact that he is going to inherit a huge sum of money from um his his father was a wealthy wealthy farmer you know in in california and so she knows look all i gotta do is marry him kill him and now i have his money and she uh like i said she um takes his head and uh and then she moves on to the next uh the next husband Money is power. Well, you know, Ambrose was her longest husband because they were married for a whole four years. And then she married Frank Banks in 1972. And like we said before, Frank Banks was a respected Eastern banker. Uh, He was a wealthy to-do man. And, uh, you know, she's after the money and the power again, you know. And uh, a few years later, here she is marrying Frank. (laughs) Somehow, someway, I know Madame Leota is going to get tied into this. I just know it. I just know it. Um, uh, Justin, do you have anything on Mr. Banks? Yeah, well, the thing is, like, whenever Frank marries Constance, he already knows that she has inherited this large fortune. Now, you have two people coming in on equal footing. They both have money now. Um, But that still wasn't enough for her. You know, she, she knew for a fact that... She wanted more, wanted more and more. He, you know, like I said, like Mike said, he was, you know, this guy comes from money. He's a banker. You know, he's he's a huge part of his local community. And uh, and then that's, look, move on to the next one. Right. Done. And, and going on to the next one, this is where the power play comes in because you have the Marquis de Doom, all right? They were married in 1874, uh, military guy, uh, lots of medals, lots of wars, lots of battles. And he was definitely a power play when it comes to, um, you know, his... <laughs> His, his light force and uh, off with his head as well. You know, it's almost like almost like she's almost taking more than just money. There's almost like a piece of them that she's able to take, almost like a, an energy vampire. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, there's almost like a there's something that she's getting in return for, um, you know, adding to her list besides money and power. The interesting thing about Marquis de Doom is the fact that he married Constance on February the 13th, 1874, right? Mm-hmm. Day before Valentine's Day. Constance sends out a wedding invitation to everyone, inviting them to the wedding, right? If you put the wedding invitation on ice, supposedly, the date would change and it would be a funeral invitation revealing the following day, Valentine's Day, February 14th, 1874, meaning the two were only married for one day as she killed him the following day on eighteen uh, uh, February fourteenth, eighteen seventy four. Oh, I think she gets pretty pretty bold going forward. Um, did you? Can we match those dates? This is just a sidebar here with uh, the the dynamite guy reading that paper. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we'd have to. Yeah. You know, I wonder if uh, maybe he knows a little bit too much. I don't know. We're throwing stuff out there. 
Moving on to Reginald Kane was the next one of the husbands in line for her. And also, he was a prominent railroad baron. I mean, he was a gambler, well-renowned. He was uh, he was another man with power. Now, maybe he was a gambler. Maybe he didn't have quite the money. Maybe he was a drinker. Maybe he was a partier. We don't know. But, you know, coming from a railroad family in that particular time frame, you had to have some kind of a decent bank account. That's immediately what I thought of when, when we were going down this road and, and you just read that railroad um, tycoon, railroad baron. Um, they were the absolute kings of the country in the 1800s. Oh, the absolute, I mean, yeah. they ran everything. So um, she knew what she was doing there. Let me give everybody a huge thing, too, to watch out for. You know, we have a huge trip coming up, Disneyland, Disney Dad's podcast, Disneyland trip coming up next summer. In Disneyland at the Haunted Mansion, in Reginald Kane's photo in the picture, in the portrait, if you look in the background, there is a shadow pianist in the background. Hmm. And it's also, that's what they think is the shadow pianist that is uh, in the hallway as you come through the Haunted Mansion. So he makes an appearance. So maybe the shadow pianist, the person, was um, there for the wedding day, was playing uh, on their wedding day as you know the, the wedding march or maybe the march to doom as Reginald would call it now um, because he was a part of that photo. <laughs> she sold her soul to somebody, man. Ooh. Well, she didn't have to sell it. She had lots and lots of money. She could have so, uh, well, just sat back and enjoyed it. Maybe it was I give you the money, you give me five, maybe six. But I think the sixth guy was smart enough to run. Anyways, um, moving on to George Hightower. Guys, we talked about him extensively. And out of all of them, I think I got the most pull to the Hightower. How about yourself? Well, he was the wealthiest out of all the husbands, considering, and you know that says a lot because you know as we discussed the other ones, I mean, you know, being a railroad tycoon, being a banker, you know, having all of his estates, uh, him having the most amount of money. I mean, was was this was this the golden egg? Was this the one she was really looking for? Uh, we'll see. I don't think so because, as we know, he winds up meeting his doom as well. Look, when you own the Tower of Terror, the Hollywood Tower Hotel, uh, your family comes from expansive wealth across the uh, the landscape of owning real estate across the world, the high towers play a massive role in the Haunted Mansion. And that is one of the uh, things we see throughout, as we've talked about him before, like you were saying, Jason. But my question about Constance and George is this. You know, they marry in 1877. When he dies, she never takes another bride. And then we see Constance at a time later in the stretching room, which we referred to her as an old woman, meaning that she lived to old age. She's sitting on George's grave uh, with the rose. And so we know for a fact that she didn't kill or marry. I'm not going to say kill, but she didn't marry anyone after George, right? She keeps the Hightower name. She moves on. My question is this. Was George the uh, the husband she was finally looking for? And does she now, at a later age, look back and regret her decision to kill him? Because he is the most prominent of the five, by far. It's not even close. Right. And now she looks back, and she is at his graveside as an old lady sitting on the tomb with a rose. Now, of course, she has a smirk on her face, which is very creepy. But does she look back and say, this was my actual husband? The other four before were just, you know, they were practice. So can I can I throw something out there then, all right? Yeah. The other people, she did not uh, kill them before the Gracie house, before the Haunted Mansion. 
All right, she wasn't introduced to the haunted right. mansion until the high tower. All right, till she right. met George. Okay, now remember, Madame Leota's life force is the haunted mansion. So because she ended up destroying him and taking him um, by her committing this atrocity, you know, it is therefore I almost think she doomed her soul there, and then she also entrapped his to be part of the haunted mansion, and as a result. The the ties that she has, the life force that she took from the other four, are also now tied into while well, they haunt the pictures. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, it's I don't think it was so much that she made the decision that she was done here. I think the house made the decision. You are now done because you are now officially cursed and belong to the house. Or did she love him so much that this was a way for her? You know, look when you have that sort of. Um, want Mental for illness. well, yeah, exactly, and, and like want and need for power and money, yeah. and like, and she knew for a fact maybe George found her out, maybe George, you know what I mean? Like, he's mm-hmm. not a dumb guy, he, you know, he he comes from a great family, he's a smart guy. Maybe he finds her out, and he says, you know what, this this is not going to work. I'm not staying with someone like you. Mm-hmm. And she says, this is my way to be with him forever. And that's how you know inside the Gracie Manor, she knows Madame Leota comes to her. Says all you have to do is do this, and then, boom, they spend eternity together. Sure, hundred percent. I think it's a. Uh, I think it's very plausible, and and a lot of the facts back that up, hundred percent. And and with Madame Leota, this is a perfect tie-in to Private Investigator Harris's final episode in this series. I would like to say it's eerie sitting here in a darkened house that's haunted. I should be scared, but I'm not. Dare I say, it almost feels like home? Sometimes I think that's nonsense, this this feeling that I'm having, that maybe it's a, a beyond a fight or flight. Maybe it's just a, a way for me to comfort myself as fear should be gripping me. But it's not. Off in the distance, I can see a light, and I can just make out music. I slowly start stepping towards the light, the source of the music. Part of me wonders, what am I going to encounter? What am I going to see? Almost to the point where nothing really surprises me. But this, this is a sight to behold. I overlook the balcony and I see ghosts dancing. Families eating at a large table. Portraits dueling. There is so much going on in this room. But one thing, one thing catches my eye. On the other end is Constance. Standing next to the piano player. She glances over at me and smiles, still in her wedding gown. She holds her finger up across the ballroom and motions for me to walk towards her. We stand face to face. I can see her smile. It's oddly comforting. Like she is calling my heart. I am just 
enamored with her at this time. Like she cast a spell on me. She whispers, number six. And just as she does that, I hear the most familiar laugh in my life up above me. <laughs> Constance takes my hand and walks me to the other side of the ballroom next to the fireplace. She thinks I don't notice, but I see her grab the axe. And the only thing I can think of is you have a choice. At that moment, my choice was not to be with her. Number six. I was not going to be number six. And I ran. Up the stairs I run. I'm trying to head back to the end, to the beginning, anywhere away from here. I can hear Constance running behind me, her axe hitting things as she runs past. And all I can think of is the ghost host stating, there's no turning back, no turning back. I turn the corner. I'm running out of places to hide. She's catching up to me. How does she run so fast? I'm running, I'm running, and I'm getting out of breath. I need a place to hide. I come across a small glass room and there's a coffin. I don't want to climb in here, but I don't have a choice. I climb in the coffin. And I slowly put the lid on top. I can hear footsteps. need for them to go past. I can hear them walking up to the coffin. Oh, my heart is beating so hard I can hear it. Hammer and nails? Hey, stop! Stop that! Hey! Hey, I can't, I can't see! Hey! Hey, let me out of here! Let me, let me out of here! Let me out of here! guys this is Jason I want to say thank you for allowing me to just have a little fun with this and throw some out there I hope you guys enjoyed it I really didn't um, have any other intentions other than to just kind of take up some of your time to uh, get your mind going a little bit a little theater for the mind and I really really had a lot of fun with that so thank you guys you know guys I had a great time talking about Constance and all of her 
uh, husbands and, you know, all these weddings she must have been planning. You know, that brings me back a few years, well, quite a few years ago when Laura and I were getting married. And when we were getting married, you know, we were out picking out, uh, you know, wedding cakes, venues, music, and photographers. You know, that was one of the big things you'd have to, you know, when you plan a wedding. And I'm sure that Constance had to pick out quite a few photographers. Lucky for us, we don't have to pick out any photographers because we have an amazing Facebook group that has some great photos. And that brings us me to my favorite thing every week, and that would be Picks of the Week, brought to you by Away With Me Travel. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. It's time for us to get our Picks of the Week. Jason, listen, since you're going away and you're not going to be here next week, and uh, we're going to have to take your Pick of the Week, why don't you give us your Pick of the Week this week? It's three weeks in a row, Mike. I love it. Thanks, buddy. You got it. I am going to go with Jose Calvo. uh, Calvo. Uh, he had a great, great look. He had a great, great trip, and um, uh, I think the big thing is, is he got to um, you know share the Disney love and why it, it's just quote Disney obsessed with his mom in law or this is with his in laws, and uh, they got to experience it. And I think maybe hopefully the bug will bite him, and uh, maybe this would be something you guys can do more often as a family. Justin, what do you got, me buddy? Uh, my pick of the week goes to Katie Wagner Sailors. Uh, Katie and Emily, her daughter, they had an amazing time going to their first ever Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party. The costumes are amazing. I love it. I love those smiles on the faces. I absolutely look. Mickey's Not So Scary is such a great time, and to see you go for your first time, and now I know you want to go every single year uh, because it's such an amazing, amazing vacation. They had a blast and posted all their pictures. So thank you for sharing. Hope you, uh, hope you post more and more pictures in the future. And guys, she contacted me and she wants to, uh, come visit us in Disneyland next year too. So Fantastic. exciting stuff. That'll yeah. That'll be a good time. That'll be a great time. I heard Mike is buying drinks the whole time. The entire trip sure. Enti- the and whole, dinner, the whole <laughs> dinner Absolutely. and massages. <laughs> Put it on the uh, away with me travel tab. Yeah, put it on. Put it on the credit <laughs> there you card. Go. Put it on the business card. We're hey, good. Jamie can write that off. Yeah, yeah we're good. We got yeah, this. that's good. My pick of the week is going to be Courtney Bildu, and she was down in Disney, and her son's friend got to came down and visit them while they were down in Florida. So that's great because anytime you can do Disney with friends, we know it makes a great trip even better. So great pictures, great trip, great recap, and uh, you are my pick of the week. Can can we can we just say that Christina McSheffrey and family just tore it up while they were down there? Oh, they rocked oh, always. it 100%. And took Absolutely. us on a ride here. And I want to do one more notable, and that was Lori um, Templeton uh, Euler's so son um, uh, had a night of volunteering, and he uh, he rocked it as Olaf. Um, he he did a great job with that. So what a what a great great week, guys. That's you know that's the best part about our Facebook group is the fact that we get constant pictures and constant stories about how you're keeping it Disney in your life. And look, if you have not joined that group, now's the time. Go over, join the Disney Dads Podcast family group on Facebook. Join the Disney Dads Podcast running group on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Podcast Disney. So many great ways. You can also check out everything at www.disneydadspodcast.com. Also, look, give us a call. 317-WDW-DADS. 317-939-3237. We would love for you to jump on that voicemail and tell us a Disney story about you and the Haunted Mansion. Now listen, I'm going to make everyone a promise right now, okay? Because I know what you're thinking, and I've been the same way with other shows that I listen to. I'm going to call and I'm going to say something real dumb on the voicemail, and all of a sudden I'm going to feel uh, um, dumb. Guys, 
we have this master thing called editing. We will make you sound amazing. So give us a call, 317-WDW-DADS. Be a part of the show and uh, and have your voice heard. Your kids will go crazy when you play that episode in the car and they hear your voice come over the speakers in the car. We want you to be a part of that. So do that now. One more thing I'm going to ask uh, every week because it is very, very simple for you to do. Pick up your phone, grab your phone, go to iTunes, give five stars, slap a quick review if you love the show because that is your virtual hug to us. That's how we grow the show. That's how we reach more people. That's how we spread Disney positivity each and every week to more and more people. So we want to thank you for that. And uh, guys, that uh, I'll tell you what, another fantastic episode. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with it, guys. And I'm going to be bowing out of the next one. And you and Mike are going to be tearing it up, talking God, about, it's about time. Oh. the graveyard, man. That's going to be a <laughs> lot of fun, guys. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to pretend like I didn't hear that. <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank you for uh, showing up tonight. And I, ha- I had a blast. I'm looking forward to a little R&R with the family. And uh, really some quality time with the kids, man. I mean, to get to the park every day and basketball and good stuff. So you guys uh, you guys have a fantastic weekend. And um, I'll say goodnight to you guys. Jason, I'm going to miss you, buddy. You know, it's going to be uh, – it's never the same without you. Uh, you know, enjoy that family time. Have a safe travels, you and the family. And uh, we'll be happy to see you when you get back. Yeah, man. Uh you know what? I, I I love when you go away because I know there's not many people on this planet that deserve a vacation more than you do. You work hard for your family. Um, but I also hate when you go away because I don't I don't talk and see you as much as I typically do. Um, but safe travels to you. Uh, we'll be chatting, of course, every day like we always do. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mike, yeah. you and I, you, yeah, you and I will be finishing the series next week um, as we exit the uh, the attic. We'll see how we exit the attic. And, uh, and going on. Guys, to the Disney family, everyone, have a fantastic week. If you do one thing this week, take a moment, just a smile, and just to make someone's day. You know what? Pass on some Disney positivity to one more person, and, uh, and that's all we ask of you. We appreciate you. And uh, until next time, guys, I'll be seeing you real soon. Toodles. Have a good night. Have a good night. From Mike, Justin, and myself, we want to say thank you. And remember, always keep it Disney. And they all live happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the And that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.